My daughter had a hamster called Lola. In its short life, it suffered around four strokes before eventually it died. I feel like that's too much information for a young child to have. Now instead of it just quietly scuttling off to the big hamster wheel in the sky, we're all crowded around its hospital bed, holding a candlelit vigil for days on end as we struggle to get all its affairs in order. Now that we have seemingly limitless options to record every single moment of our waking life, the grieving process for our children's pets has changed. Growing up we had some minnows or something, which then they quickly and inevitably swam up to the big fish bowl in the sky. One goldfish suffered what I can only imagine is the equivalent of a fish drowning when my brother decided that it would be a good idea to let it out of the tank for a bit for some fresh air. Off it went to the big fish bowl in the sky. That corner of heaven that seemed to be only accessible via the toilet cistern and to be honest, like most things that leave us that way, it was undoubtedly almost immediately forgotten about. For all I know, its spirit could still be down there, trying to anti-defrain its way through the sewage system. Why is it that pet heaven's always described as being big anyway? The big farm in the sky, the big halogen lamp in the sky, that's lizard heaven. I think it's because of an inherent guilt we feel about keeping them cooped up all their lives. Obviously I'm discounting my brother's free-range goldfish, the fish that lived the miniature marine equivalent of the life of James Dean. Live wet. Die dry. When our pets died, we had no reminders, apart from maybe like a little twig in the ground as a headstone that would last just until a slight breeze ravaged the garden. And now our children have endless reels of videos and photos of a six-month-old OAP rodent on their phones. And don't get me wrong, I'm not necessarily talking about pets like the tortoise that's been in your family for generations that shared a pipe down the mine with your great granddad. I mean like disposable pets. Your hamsters, your gerbils, your guinea pigs, even your stick insects I imagine. I mean how long can you possibly go on for when your whole thing is impersonating a stick like some kind of entomological amdram? It seems to me like the number one reason parents give for getting perishable pets for their children is not just to teach them about responsibility, but it's to teach them about death, nice and early, a couple of hamster deaths to soften the blow when it's time for grandma. But what I've learned in my life is the effect of death is much more potent when you are old enough to frame it within the realms of your own mortality. If my parents were to die tomorrow, touch wood, a few guinea pig deaths from the mid-90s isn't really going to soften the blow very much. Now between you and me, I think they'd be slightly put out if it did. Maybe I'm just cold. Maybe my childhood friends were quietly grieving for years with just the memories of their beloved guinea pig. Well, in this is where we first met every year on its birthday down aisle three of Pets at Home. Now that we live in an age where we're no longer allowed to forget anything, we should rethink the pets we choose for our children. Something longer lasting, but time consuming to look after, like a baby elephant. And I don't just mean adopting a baby elephant that you only hear from once every Christmas when you receive a letter supposedly written with its trunk. 
I mean like a full-on, I've left the home to join the circus elephant in the backyard. Jumping through hoops at family barbecues and performing manual labour in the summer is a very effective sprinkler system. Actually, I think maybe just ban perishable pets altogether and release the ones we have now back out onto the streets and just deal with the sudden and devastating influx of wild snakes in our recycling bins. Then the kids will really get to experience death early, just like you always wanted. To be completely honest, I wouldn't be against just paving over the entire natural world. And I know that sounds insane to hear for the first time, and I don't really envy you for having to listen to this right now. But just think for a second how many of the world's problems would be solved if everything was on a sweepable surface. Plus, the raw materials needed alone would force us into relying solely on renewable energy, and would go some way in invalidating the need for oil war. Though someone will no doubt find a way to fight over the power of the sun ban all perishable pets and encase the world in concrete.